welcome into week four of the Game On Fantasy podcast. I am as excited as ever to be here because, man, we are starting to finally get a good idea of what this season is going to bring us from a fantasy perspective. Also, with all the injuries, it really is a puzzle every single week in terms of building your lineups. Gage and I were talking offline about some of the injuries and how to deal with them, and I can't wait to kind of give our insight into some of these uh possible scenarios that you're dealing with, which I know there are just some ridiculous, ridiculous lineups being put out right now. Uh, just you're having to dig deep. And so those who are paying attention and have access to the information are going to are going to prosper over the coming weeks. So uh, Gage, how you feeling going into week four? How you feeling about your fantasy teams? How you feeling about week four fantasy outlooks? I am glad that I have a lot of leagues because I have some leagues where I'm just getting brutalized either by injuries or just bad matchups or just covid restrictions and various other things so i'm this nfl season like you said it's shaping up we're starting to see who's going to be contributors who's real who's not and i have a lot of guys that are going to be contenders and like they're going to be legit players this year but i have some misses so uh i'm just glad that i have depth in those leagues where i did miss a little bit and uh, i'm hoping that maybe some of these guys that are dealing with these short-term injuries can start coming back. Like hopefully CMC comes back sooner rather than later and guys like that. Yeah. I feel like there was a number, a large number of injuries in that second week and there we're still kind of feeling the effects of that. Uh, it's, it's been a little bit of a hangover if you will from that. And so once those injuries start to clear up, I think we'll have a, a much better idea of who we can play each week. And then we'll have a better idea of what can happen if these guys go down again. So it's all part of the process, and that's what we're here for. We're here to talk about these matchups. So we do have a lot to talk about again. One last game. So if you weren't aware, the Steelers and Titans has been indefinitely postponed. Uh, We do not know when they will be playing, but it will not be this week. So take your Derrick Henrys, take your uh, Tannehills, your Davises, your Browns, and everybody from the Steelers, Connor, Juju, Big Ben, Ebron, uh, Deontay, all those guys. Um, it's a lot of names. You start thinking about it that we're, pro- we're probably sitting in fantasy lineups at, in some way or another that will not be playing this week. So uh, I will talk about who you can possibly replace them with. Uh, there's there's a, a large number of good options at quarterback this week, uh, and thus far a lot of wide receivers and tight ends as well. But when you start getting in running backs, that's when it starts to get a little bit murky. So let's jump into it. As we do have a lot to go through, again, even though there's one last matchup. All right, so first matchup of the week that we are going to talk about, and it is a good one. Uh, hopefully you're watching Jets-Broncos, but we will touch that one uh, on the Sunday morning live stream. But we're going to talk about Cowboys-Browns. It is a great game to start this conversation with because there are tons of fantasy viable pieces here. 56-point over-under. Dallas is favored by four and a half. I think I'm taking Dallas on the line, but I like the over-under. I'm probably taking the over there. So what are you doing here with uh, your Cowboys and your Browns? Starting all the Cowboys. Uh, you're starting Michael Gallup. You're starting Mark Cooper, Dak, Zeke, uh, Dalton Schultz. I think has entered. Uh, like he had kind of a down week last week just because Cedric Wilson decided to show up. Uh, luckily, no. I don't know if you got any flack on Twitter. I didn't get dunked on for not having Cedric Wilson as a start this week or last week, uh, despite him catching more yards than he had ever caught in his career. Um, so you're starting all of your Cowboys. I think Dalton Schultz has a bounce-back week, and he's good. Uh, on the Cleveland side of things, you're starting Nick Chubb. You're starting uh, Kareem Hunt. Is Kareem Hunt playing? He was? I know he's dealing with an injury, but I believe, I thought he was uh, trending towards playing. Let me pull up their practice injury report from today. Uh, obviously today being Thursday for those of you listening. Oh wait, he was a he was a did not practice yeah, he either did not day. Practice today. Today Thursday okay. he did not practice. So all right. So uh, if he doesn't practice at all tomorrow, uh, I'm obviously you're gonna fade him and then just move Nick Chubb up. Uh, Chubb's gonna have a big game. Um, I'm, and then I'm not gonna take any other running backs from that backfield. I don't even know who the third string guy is, but you're not gonna throw him out there. To Ernest Johnson. Uh, <laughs> Ernest Johnson. Nice. Yeah. No. So OBJ uh, had a back injury pop up on Thursday that caused him to be limited in practice. I don't think that's going to really affect him. Uh, Jarvis, uh, full participant, he's still recovering from his hip surgery from this offseason. I actually think that you could start both of them this week just due to the aspect of Dallas is going to score points and they're gonna, and Cleveland's going to have to throw to keep up with it. 
And with, if Kareem Hunt does miss the game, that opens up more touches for both of those guys. What do you think? What do you think of Austin Hooper? I, you, I think you if, there's prob- a week, if there's a week where you can play Austin Hooper, I think it's this week. It probably is. I mean, I would probably play him. I, I didn't draft him anywhere. Let's I put it this no, way. I, if you're rostering Austin Hooper and you're not considering him play, if you're not considering playing him this week, you should probably just cut him. Unless it's probably. dynasty. Unless it's dynasty. Probably, probably, yeah. I mean, I and I don't roster him in any leagues this year. I didn't draft him in any of my redraft leagues because I thought he was being overdrafted, and I was right. He was being overdrafted. He has not performed, which is exactly what I expected. Um, so. I, I mean, yeah, you're probably playing it. This is his best possible matchup week, and if you think it does become a little bit of a shootout, like I kind of expect, I like the over as well, but I also think Dallas covers. I just think Dallas is a more high-powered offense, and I think that they can really run up the score. Dak is safer than Baker. Uh, for sure. Uh, so. I think that Baker is startable in two QB leagues. Um, I think he's borderline startable in one QB leagues as an upside play. Obviously, I think... I don't want to give too much away, but I did write about him as one of my starts of the week. I constantly talk about them because I do the quarterback starts of the week for Dynasty Nerds. Uh, he's He has some great upside this week. The Cowboys, I believe, give up the third most points to the quarterback position for obvious reasons. They're just scoring a ton of points, and on, the opposing offenses have to retaliate in, in such a way where they're putting up points as well. So Baker is a fine upside play this week. I think if you're looking for somebody to really kind of be the deciding factor in what could be a close matchup, or you can afford some more risk at the quarterback position. I think that Baker's a fine play there. I am. I do want to talk about Nick Chubb a little bit. Do you think this game script could get out of control for him no. in terms of the receiving ability? Because not to say he's a bad receiver, it's just not necessarily what he's best at. So with no Kareem Hunt, I, do you think he gets all of the running back wide receiver work? Or not wide receiver, but you know, running back receiver work. And... Uh, Regardless yeah. of the game script, I think he's going to be on the field. I think he's going to get plenty of touches. I think he's going to have plenty of value. Because if Cleveland is smart, what they're going to do is they're going to try and just have Kareem Hunt have a big game. Okay, do you remember the game? I think it was like 2013, no, 20, yeah, 2013, 2014 season. It was no Sean Moreno when he was with Denver against New England. No Sean had like 40 carries in that game. And just he was like RB1 on the week because, because they just – Kept, they were like, okay, we can't necessarily keep up with New England. Let's just give the ball to Noshon and ride him all game long. I think that's what happens here with the with Cleveland. Only difference is this Dallas offense is more high power than that New England offense was. But I think that Chubb's gonna. I think Chubb sees north of twenty five touches this game, regardless of game script. Yeah, I don't think you should have any concerns with Nick Chubb. I just really wanted to bring it up to discuss the possibility of him being game scripted out of it. The reason I think he's okay is there's nobody behind him without Kareem Hunt that's going to really threaten him. Exactly. You know, so maybe Jarvis Landry, if he plays, takes over a little bit of the short uh, short game in terms of the receiving. Uh, Austin Hooper could be another guy who benefits from the departure of uh, Kareem Hunt. But ultimately, Nick Chubb's fine. You're playing pretty much everybody in this game that you could think of. So let's move on to Lions and Saints. We were just talking about this matchup as well. Saints are currently the worst team against the tight end position. They give up more points and they give up more targets than any team so far in the league. Uh, 38 targets through three weeks, which is a lot of targets to the tight end position. You're pushing almost 13 a game. So TJ Hawkinson is a must-start this week uh, if you're, if you're looking for somebody in your tight end spot. Matthew Stafford's a great play this week. So is Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones. Uh, I don't know what you're doing at running back, but I'm probably not touching them this week. Maybe DeAndre Swift if I need to in a, an emergency situation. Uh, because he can get the receiving work, but I'm not playing. I'm not playing Adrian Peterson. I'm not playing Carryon Johnson. The Saints' rush defense is way too good. On the other side of the ball, I think the the Saints are going to be off for blood. I think they're kind of pissed off after the way that the game ended against the Packers on Monday. I think that they're going to come out for blood against the Lions, and unfortunately, the Lions are going to bear the brunt of that. And so you're going to be starting your Drew Breeses. You're going to be starting uh, Michael Thomas, who looks like he's going to play this week. Uh, Alvin Kamara. Uh, are we going to talk about Alvin Kamara? I mean, he's. I think he's the number one fantasy player. Uh, in all formats thus far, I, you're looking at a ton of points here. So that 54-point over-under with New Orleans favored by four, I think New Orleans wins by more by more than four, and I think the over-under is about right because I think the Lions will be good, but I don't know if this over-under hits more than 54. Uh, I, 
I think New Orleans covers. Yeah, I don't think Detroit's that good. Uh, you mentioned the running backs. I'm not starting any of them. If I do have to, like if someone's like, hey, you have to start one of these guys, I agree with you. It'd be swift. Um, but I don't want to start any of them. Uh, you're starting Kenny G. Uh, I'd feel comfortable starting Marvin Jones, especially with the news that Marshawn Lattimore is dealing with an injury. Um, and I think that also Detroit's going to have to throw the ball. I do agree. TJ Hawkinson's a good is a great start this week. I think I have him ranked inside my top ten. I don't have my rankings in front of me, but I believe I have him top ten this week. Um, on the New Orleans side of the ball, you're starting AK forty one. Uh, you're starting Michael Thomas. I believe he's trending towards playing right now, so you're locking him in. Poor, poor uh, Jeffrey Akuda just can't buy a break with these matchups. Um, then you're starting Jared Cook as long as he plays. I know he's questionable right now, so uh, we'll have to wait and see if he actually ends up playing. If he does, I'm comfortable starting him. Uh, do you have confidence in Emmanuel Sanders? Like, how confident are you? Or or mm-hmm. Trey Smith, or whoever you deem the second one to be? Not very confident in either one of them, to be honest with you. Regardless of who they're going up against, they're just not getting consistent enough production to really be warranting me forcing them into my lineup if I have to pick one it's Emmanuel Sanders and I'm not really feeling good about it at all fair enough so you're so similar to the Chiefs offense you're starting your top three studs and then you'll just kind of let everybody else sit on the bench pretty much cool uh, I uh I think the over hits here I think that the I think Detroit's got enough firepower that they can put up some points and but I think the Saints can score up like a fair amount on their own so I think that they'll be able to cover it there Moving on, we got Texans playing host to the Minnesota Vikings. Two 0-3 teams here. One of these teams should leave with a win. Obviously, a tie could happen. Uh, over under 53.5. Houston favored by four as things currently stand. So, Tyler, what are you doing with this game? Are the Vikings good on offense? Like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, no. what offense are we going to get this week? I think that's the biggest question. Until we can get a more definitive answer, the only person I'm playing with confidence, only persons, I should say, are going to be Adam Thielen and Dalvin Cook from this Vikings offense. I mean, Justin Jefferson had a fantastic game last week. He was really making a lot of plays, and, and he looked really good doing it. Uh, you love to see the swagger he had on the field, too. That's really big for a rookie wide receiver. A lot of confidence in the young man, and that's awesome moving forward, something to monitor. And Kirk Cousins, you know, obviously somebody's got to orchestrate that. I just don't know what to do with this Vikings offense yet. I'm only playing Thielen. I'm only playing Cook. And even Thielen, I, I don't love playing Thielen at this point. I just don't. He doesn't give me the warm and fuzzy feeling that I want when I'm plugging guys into my lineup. And so I'm, I'm avoiding most of the Vikings just because I can't trust the offense to, to really be viable at this point. On the other side I, of the ball, on the other side of the ball, I was going to say you're going to smash Deshaun Watson. You're going to smash David Johnson. And uh, I don't know what you're doing with the wide receivers, but I'm probably playing Brandon Cooks uh, with ease. Uh, and that's really about it for me. Uh, Will Fuller, slander, question mark? I mean, is he going to play, and is he going to play a full game? Like, what, what are we doing here? Come on, man. Just with the Will Fuller slander. Okay, anyway, he was added to the injury report today with a hamstring injury. Of course he was. Okay, so for Minnesota, I fully agree with you. You're starting Thielen. You're starting Cook. I'm not, I don't have – I want it to be clear. I don't have a great outlook for Cook this game. Uh, I don't like the matchup. The one area of the field that – the Houston Texans defense is good is their interior. Even though they lost DJ Reader this offseason, their linebackers are good. JJ Watts is still good. Whitney Merciless is good. So like that front, that's where they can make some hay on defense. And with the sad, sad interior offensive line that the Vikings have, they could really push the pocket on uh on Cousins when he drops back to throw, or they could end up in the lap of Cook when he's in the backfield trying to take the ball out. So so just Temper expectations. I think I still have Cook tops. I'm going to full-heartedly disagree with you. I'm going to stop you because the Texans are currently the fifth-worst defense against the running back, and they've given up more yards than any defense in the NFL. Yeah, but you also have to factor in that that's just due to garbage time, and they've played against the three rushing, best. Though. They played against the three best AFC teams in football. But this is rushing guys. I don't care about played, anything else. We're talking but, about Dalvin Cook. I think it's a great but, matchup for Dalvin Cook. I mean, I said I st- if before you cut me off, I have Dalvin <laughs> Cook ranked sixth or seventh. I'm just saying that, so, like you have him clearly as a smash, like top two or three option. I've seen some people have him as RB one for the week. I don't have him that high. I was just telling them my opinion. 
Okay. I think Cook's going to be good this week. I think he's going to be an RB1. I just don't have him as like a top six top or top three RB1 like some people do. Uh, Thielen, you're starting. I'm comfortable starting him against this cornerback group. It's just it's a rough, rough group that uh, the Texans are trotting out right now. I love Justin Jefferson. I have shares of him all over the place. I drafted him in the, I think, like 60 or 70% of my rookie drafts this year. Uh, I really wanted to get a, get a lot of shares of him, and I did. Uh, I can't trust him just yet, though. I don't want to mess with either one of the tight ends. Irv Smith is getting criminally underused, so that's just that's unfortunate because he's a really talented player, and Kyle, and he's definitely more talented than Kyle Rudolph, but this offense wants to run the ball and play close to the line of scrimmage, so he's not getting used like he should. On the other side of things, David Johnson, you're starting. Deshaun Watson, you're starting. Brandon Cooks, I, I'm comfortable starting, especially with uh, injuries still to Mike uh, Hughes and Cam Dantzler. I would feel comfortable starting Will Fuller. If Will Fuller is active, I'm comfortable starting him, especially like if you do DFS at all, getting a Deshaun Watson-Will Fuller stack. Will Fuller is still – I mean, he's the lead guy, unless I'm mistaken. Like, is there – do you have that pulled up? Do you have targets pulled up? Uh, I don't have him pulled up right now, but I mean, I would agree that Will Fuller is the lead guy. I think my hesitation stems from the fact that he's dealing with a hamstring injury and with so many good options at wide receiver this week, I think I'd rather look elsewhere. And I think that's really where I'm like, okay, I can, I can afford to sit Will Fuller because I have A, B, and C sitting here that I would be okay and also comfortable with playing this week. Well, what about if you happen to say roster AJ Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster as your top two wideouts, and you also had Cortland Sutton in this league? And well, then, yeah, he's probably one of your top guys, and you probably don't have A, B, and C sitting on your bench to play. Then, but, then I'm so, playing him. So basically, what I'm getting at is just Will Fuller is startable if you like if you don't have another option. Like that's that's my thing is I think Will Fuller is a valuable enough player. Sometimes there's those guys where you're like, you know what? There's other options. Like I don't have another option but I'm still not comfortable starting Fuller. I would feel comfortable starting him just because I think that the ceiling is still there. And he's also second on the team in targets, but he leads them in receptions. All right. Well, that's enough about Will Fuller because, as we all know, Will Fuller will now disappoint all of us because that's what he does. So True. moving on. Uh, right here, Bears-Colts. Gross game. Absolutely disgusting. Um, I'm even trying to think of a Bear that I want to play other than Allen Robinson. Maybe David Montgomery. I mean, there's no Ty- no Tariq Cohen anymore. Unfortunately, he fell victim to an ACL injury last week. So, Cordero Patterson, does he pick up any work? I, you know, the, what they're going to do to uh, advocate for the loss of Tariq Cohen, it, it remains to be seen. And honestly, this Colts defense is the best in the league right now. And so They actually brought Lamar Miller in for a, uh, for a tryout, I think, yesterday. <laughs> It's it's a disgusting situation. You have Nick Foles who who came in and played hero ball again uh, at late last week, and I just don't. Did you watch any of that game? Did I watch any of the game? I was watching it on and off because I was watching it on red zone. Okay, so so for those of you that watched the game last week, find me on Twitter at gbridgeford nfl. If you think that Nick Foles or Mitch Trubisky rather should have been benched, come find me and talk to me because. Oh, I didn't think so either. I didn't think so. He he threw one interception. The linebacker made a good play. He stared down the receiver a little bit, but the linebacker made a good play on the ball. He threw one interception. Foles threw four balls that should have been picked off, and Atlanta should have won the game. Oh, easily Atlanta should have won the game. I think that's Atlanta. Like like he had one that one to Jimmy Graham. I'm I'm sure you saw this one where it was like there was three guys and it slipped through all of their hands and ended up in Jimmy Graham's lap. Yes. Now I'm not. I'm. I'm not going to sit here and say that Nick Foles was just good because obviously the the statistics are going to say one thing, but what you can see with your eyes said another. And with with Mr. Trubisky, I think honestly it was just kind of the boiling point for Matt Nagy. He the offense that Matt Nagy is putting together in Chicago or has put together in Chicago, it doesn't need anybody to be spectacular. He just needs his quarterback to make the right reads and make smart decisions. And I think, honestly, that's where Trubisky kind of fell behind. And they've given him so many chances to, to make it right and to become the guy in Chicago. And I think Matt Nagy saw an opportunity for the team to, take, to, to steal away a game, which they did. They remained 3-0 and somehow. This, this Bears team remains 3-0. and They stole away a game from the Atlanta Falcons. So now they're going to send the Falcons into Green Bay pissed off 
and and the Bears are going to sit there licking their chops at three and zero and being happy about it. But I think this Colts team is going to make them look silly. And I don't think they're going to make them look silly. I think I'm, the Colts I'm win. Colts defense against the Bears offense them. will make them look silly. I don't, I'll say this: the Colts defense is not as good as as everyone. It's not. The numbers not. say they are. It's not, but it's still very good. Okay. I. It's, it, it's not. Okay. I, like I like I've watched a lot of Colts football in the last few years, and I see and I know what this defense is now. It's not as good as the numbers make it out to be. They played the Vikings, who are a sham of a team. They played the Jets, who are a Division two college squad at best right now with all of their injuries. And in week one, they got upset by Jacksonville, who everyone thought might go 0-16. They are not that good of a defense. They're overrated. They're better coached. I don't. They are better coached. Frank Reich is a great coach. The Chris Ballard is a great GM. I like how this franchise is run. I think the Colts have a better roster. I don't want that to get confused. I just don't think that the Colts are. I think the Colts' defense is way, way like the numbers just are selling them way better than they were. They had two pick sixes last week again off of Sam Darnold. I don't think that the Colts are as good as their record shows. I I don't think the Bears are. The Bears should probably be should probably be one and two right now. But they're not. They're three and zero. Congrats. I think that the Colts cover, and I think the Colts win the game. But I think it's tight. I think it's a real, real tight game. Like right now, the spread's at two, and I think that I think the Colts could easily win twenty three to twenty on like a last second field goal, and I would not be stunned. Here's how disgusting this game is going to be. I will just let you guess what I'm going to say here. But who do you think that the best two defenses against the quarterback position are right now? Uh, I mean, I know the Colts are one. Colts are and one. The Bears are two. The Bears, Bears, are, Bears are two, right? Bears are two. There you go. Yeah. That should tell you everything yeah, you need no. to know about discussing this game is going to be. I just you look at every single every single metric for this Colts defense. They're performing well. I I agree with your point that there's probably some room for speculation because of the teams that they've played. But at the same time, they shut down a Vikings team that put up thirty. How many points was they put up on the Packers? Thirty four something like that, 31 maybe, and then they put up another 30 points on the Titans, who was also supposed to be a good defense. So, you know, what What are we looking at here in this Colts team? I think it's still early to make a definitive call, but I do think that this defense is good. The, the scheme that Matt Eberfuss has put into has put into Indianapolis has been really good. They've been good since they got there, and they got only better. They had injuries to start the year. Uh, they're still dealing with some, but I mean, DeForest Buckner has been a really good addition for this for this group. I do think that this Colts defense is going to be good, and by the end of the year, we're going to be talking about them as a top ten group, and we're going to be talking about the Bears as a top a bottom ten offense. And so, when you look at the perfect storm that that creates, I'm not touching any Bears outside of Allen Robinson. Yeah, Allen Robinson, and then I mean, I don't I don't think it would be the worst idea to start David Montgomery. You probably have I, to, but I don't. I'm definitely yeah. not looking to. Yeah, I'm not looking to, but like I'm, but you might have to. Uh, on the Colts side of the ball, I'm starting T.Y. Hilton, uh, Paris Campbell, and uh, Michael Pittman Jr. are out. Philip Rivers has got to throw the ball somewhere. Maybe it's Naeem Hines week again. Um, and then you're starting. I'm starting with Ali Cox this week. I'm doing it. I'm making the plunge. I think that they showed last week they want to get him the ball over Jack Doyle. Jack Doyle is the blocker. Uh, Mo Alley Cox is the receiver guy. Uh, I'm comfortable with Zach Pascal in leagues that are like 12 teams or deeper um, as a flex option. Jonathan Taylor, obviously locked in. I'm not starting Phillip Rivers or Nick Foles. I agree with you with Robinson. Jimmy Graham is a deep tight end option. I'll say that. Considering what the tight end position is, I agree. The fact that we're talking about this is, for lack of a better word, disgusting. And that's gonna be a common theme with some of these some of these plays that you're gonna to have to do this week. But it is just it's the, it is what it is. I mean, I picked up Jimmy Graham in a t- in a league where I needed a tight end. Um, I picked up Robert Tanyan in, in in another league where I needed a tight end, and I'm playing him this week. So it's just a the way that some of these posi- positions are shaking out. Uh, you're gonna to have to play some of these guys. I think you could do worse than Jimmy Graham. By the so, way, a quick update on Alan Lazard, who I know that probably a lot of you are well aware of. Uh, he underwent core muscle surgery this week and is out indefinitely per source. Uh, he is, so that that was just announced by Schefter a minute ago. Let's look up core muscle recovery timeline because I'm curious now. I'll ask, I'll ask my guy. Three to eight weeks, depending on the severity. So we'll see. Uh, definitely something to monitor because Green Bay doesn't have any wide receivers, so 
what do they do? But uh, as much as we love the Packers on this podcast, it is not a Packers podcast. We will get to the Packers game in a little bit. Well, let's stay on track here and go on to Buccaneers Chargers with a low over under of 43. Tampa Bay is favored by seven. I'm taking them at that line. No Joey Bosa most likely this week. No, no Melvin Ingram as he's on IR. Uh, no Chris Harris as he went on IR. Um, man, Chargers are just beat up, and I think that Buccaneer, the Buccaneers with Tom Brady are just going to carve up this defense that's going to be full of replacements and young players. Yeah, uh, for the Buccaneers, you're going to – it's going to be a smash. Uh, Tampa Bay's favored by seven. I'm taking Tampa Bay to cover, but I'm no also taking Fournette. it over. Yeah. No, no, no Fournette, so fire up Rojo this week. Uh, I'm previewing my uh, Dynasty Nerds start sits. Uh, Ronald Jones will probably be in the starts, just so you guys know. Um, <clears throat> I think Tampa Bay covers, but I also think they hit the over here. Uh, this Chargers defense is just injured a bunch, and I think that uh, Tampa can kind of put some points on them. Uh, I also think that the Chargers offensive line like is really beat up right now. Brian Bulaga's hurt. Trey Turner's injured. Uh, and they last week, they got the interior pushed in really badly. And I think that the Buccaneers are going to be able to do that with Sue, Vea, Shaq Barrett, JPP. Uh, I don't envy uh, Justin Herbert in this game. Uh, I'm still starting Keenan Allen just because I think he'll get the volume necessary to be val- uh, viable. Austin Eckler, lock him in. Uh, he finally got the volume we were looking for. And uh, I'm starting Hunter Henry. After that, I don't want to touch anybody else for the Chargers. On the Buccaneers side, I'm comfortable with Brady this week. Uh, Rojo, like I mentioned. Mike Evans, obviously Chris Godwin is not going to play. Scotty Miller is highly questionable as things stand right now. Uh, so Justin if, Watson or Tyler Johnson? Justin Watson season, baby. <laughs> I own. I have him in like one really, really, really deep dynasty league. Same. He's never played for me, but I have him. Uh, are you? Which tight end, if any, are you starting? OJ Howard. You are okay. All right, there you go. That's that's my take on things. I have no disagreements. So let's move on to Ravens Washington. Uh, not touching anybody on the Washington side of the ball, other than Terry McLaurin. He is the only one I'm touching, and even then, man, if you have a better option, I'm probably playing him this week. Uh, Marlon Humphrey just got that big contract extension. He's going to be locking down Terry McLaurin. I'm not touching Gibson. I'm not touching Logan Thomas. I'm not touching. Quick Wayne Logan Askins. Thomas stat: He is one of three players in the entire NFL to own a 100% target share of his team's targets inside the 10-yard line. That is a bonker stat. But so when they get in the red zone, they're throwing the ball to Logan Thomas. <laughs> when they have to get there first, so. I am taking all my Ravens on the other side of the ball, uh, specifically Mark Ingram and that running back group for Baltimore, uh, Lamar Jackson, uh, and probably Marquise Brown, but I'm not touching anybody else other than Mark Andrews. So those four guys, and that's about it. I I don't like J.K. Dobbins in this matchup. Um, Unless they decide, hey, it's garbage time, let's get the young guy some reps. I believe it's going to be the Mark Ingram show. Yeah, uh, I agree with the guys you said. I'm not going to go ahead and get into that too much. I want to talk to you about this over-under in this line. Baltimore is favored by 14 points as of right now, and it is a over-under 45. What are you doing here? I'm surprised that the over-under is higher than Buccaneers and Chargers. Um, But at the same time, I'm taking Baltimore. I'm taking Baltimore at the negative 14 line. We questioned the Indianapolis... uh, well, Indianapolis covered the big one with the Jets. Um, we questioned the Titans and the Vikings last week and how it was only a two-and-a-half-point line and it ended up being a one-point game. I don't know how Vegas does it, but I'm going 14 points. I'm taking Baltimore to be the to, to cover that. Uh, and in terms of the over-under, I'm probably taking the over because we've seen it with bad teams. Uh, they're going to put up a ton of points. Um, they're going to give up a ton of points, and the good teams are going to put up a ton of points. So the 49ers have done this a few times. I've taken them to cover the overs on those, and uh, I'm taking the Ravens here to do the same. Uh, For me, I'm actually going to take the under. I think that Baltimore might hold Washington in single digits, and with that happening, so let's say they hold them like seven. They they give up one touchdown. They got to score 38 points. I think they can do that, but I don't think they do. I think they just run the clock out a lot, and Mark Ingram has a big day. Justin Tucker season, baby. Kicker lives matter. But I do take Baltimore to cover. Uh, I like Baltimore to cover, and I like uh, Baltimore, but I like the game under. 
Moving on, we got Panthers playing host to the Arizona Cardinals. 51.5 point over under Arizona favored by 3.5. Quick thing on that, I'm taking the over for sure. These defenses are not good, but the offense for Arizona is good, and the Panthers have shown some life early in the season, and I'm taking Arizona to cover. I think 3.5 is too low for them right now. They just lost to Detroit, and they're because going. Because Kyler made some bad mistakes. They're going into Carol. Well, that don't know if that's going to go away right now. He did not look like the same Kyler Murray we saw the, through the first couple of weeks, and we saw towards the end of last year. He was forcing the ball, making bad mistakes. He's definitely got some swagger and some confidence about him this year, and I think that's also playing into some of his bad decisions that he's putting onto the football field. They lost to a pretty average to bad Detroit team. Panthers are bad, but they're going into Carolina. It's a West Coast traveling East Coast. I'm taking the Carolina Panthers to cover this three-and-a-half-point line. Uh, I am probably taking the under. The Panthers have a pretty good pass defense this year. I think they're one of the top passing defenses. Uh, and so the Cardinals are going to be forced to run. Maybe that's Kyler Murray, and maybe they get stuff going on the ground there. But you're playing Kyler Murray because he has the rushing floor. But I'm not playing him as a smash play like um, – I think I think we have him top five, but that's just really by default. It's I, I'm I'm not super excited about Kyler Murray this week. I'm excited about Kyler Murray this week. The only thing that makes me nervous about him is uh, the injuries that what's going on. Uh, Nuke, um, I believe, mispracticed today. Uh, Keyshawn Johnson might have to step up. Uh, Christian Kirk is still dealing with an injury. Larry Fitzgerald's old. Andy Isabella popped last week. I believe he had two touchdowns. Uh, would have loved to have gotten him in some DFS lineups. Unfortunately, I did not. Um, but I think Kyler, I'm still playing him. I'm confident in playing him. I think that this offense can spread the field and really take advantage of the uh, Panthers, the Panthers passing or like corners. Uh, I don't have faith in Corn Elder. Dante Jackson had a good week, uh, but and I think that he's just been waiting to break out. I'm comfortable with starting Kyler Murray this week. I'm playing Kenyon Drake. Uh, Nuke, as long as he plays, suiting him up. What about Christian Kirk? If he plays, what do you do? So let's say Christian Kirk plays along with Andy Isabella and Larry Fitzgerald. Are you starting any of those three guys? Probably not, for the same reasons I'm not starting Will Fuller in a lot of places, because I think that there are just better options. Fair enough. Now, I mean, I... Like, I think I'd feel comfortable starting Larry in deep PPR leagues just because, like, he seems to get a fair amount of targets every single week. Uh, but I agree. Christian Kirk and Andy Isabella are more long shot guys. Isabella seems to be developing some chemistry with Murray earlier this year, which will be something to watch. If he's available on your waiver wires, I would go grab him immediately. I think that he's got big potential as the year moves on, and he could supplant either larry or uh kirk as the season moves on and then he could give you a lot of value um moving over to the other side of things for the panthers you're starting mike davis in ppr formats pretty comfortably he showed last week he can be valuable in that way uh which receivers are you playing because uh, i know you love curtis I samuel do. you were all in on him last week you were on that offense week, last man. week as a whole was just Dookie. Mike Davis was good. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, exactly. But the offense as a whole was pretty bad. I Mike Mike Davis, aka top eleven finisher last week. In standard. Oh wait, what was I'm he? I'm playing in DJ Moore. I'm playing DJ Moore. I'm playing Robbie Anderson. That's it. That's literally it, right? I mean, are you That's the <laughs> Ian Thomas if you're in dire need of a tight end? I mean Hey, I'm in dire need of a tight end because I had Jonu Smith and Eric Ebron in one league. So I'm starting Ian Thomas because I'm in dire need. That's fair. So I think that's really about it, though. I'm not really loving a lot of pieces in this game as much as everybody else seems to be. Uh, Righty, moving on. Bengals-Jaguars, another gross game, but I'm starting my Bengals offensive pieces. I am starting Joe Burrow. I am starting A.J. Green, Tower Boyd, Joe Mixon, uh, and in deep formats, T. Higgins. Uh, that's about it. You're starting T. Higgins. Deep formats, I said. You're playing well, like we're talking like twelve to fourteen teams, like flex. I don't. I don't even think twelve teams is that deep anymore. I think fourteen is where it starts getting deep. Like I think twelve teams, you can still build a side, a decent roster, and I don't think T. Higgins is on it. I disagree. Unless you like uh, went after him specifically. I think that he's. A, I think he's a good play this week. I just. I don't know how the Jaguars are going to be on the offensive side of the ball. 
James Robinson has been uh, exceeding every single expectation that would have ever been laid on him. <laughs> I still haven't bought it. And, and you can laugh at me all you want. But There's uh, there's somebody out there that I, I don't know who it is on Twitter, but there is one guy who, told, who has caped for him all week saying, I left every rookie roster with him or every rookie draft, every draft with him this year. And I'm like, good for you, man. That is a really weird hill to die on, but I am happy for you that it's He's just trying out. to make a name for himself. I, I think the results will speak for themselves. For what it's worth, the first person I ever saw talk about uh, James Robinson as being a guy who could make it in the NFL, Jacob Westendorf. And that's not even a joke. He, he was talking about him before, uh, before the draft back in like March. Uh, so it's part of the pre-draft process. So... Uh, there were a couple people that were in on James Robinson. I still don't believe that he's a future NFL running back and that he's going to make a long-term career of it. Uh, I just think he's very average uh, and he's reaping the benefit of opportunity, which is why you don't chase. Uh, that's the only part of the situations that you chase. You don't chase really anything else. You don't go chasing touchdowns. Uh, you, you chase the opportunities because James Robinson is a prime example of that reason. Um, Gardner Minshew, I probably am playing in Superflex formats because I don't have many other options because quarterback is a dookie hole this week. I don't like it. And so what are you doing with the wide receivers? If, if there's no Chark, there's no Westbrook, are you playing Keelan Cole? Yeah, I am playing Keelan Cole this week. Uh, I actually know a guy who went to college with him and – like they said that – so you know how like there's always those stories about like Tyreek Hill and like just racing guys just to see how badly he beats them and stuff like that. Keelan Cole was that guy at at his college. He's crazy fast. Uh, he's seeing a lot of volume early on, especially with Shark out. Um, I got a lot of confidence in him this week. I have him slotted in a few DFS lineups. Um, for those of you that tune into the live, live stream on Sunday, he may or may not be mentioned by me in a live stream – or in a DFS segment, so – um, I like Keelan Cole this week as long as Chark and uh, Westbrook are out. Um, Gardner, I'm comfortable with in Superflex. You're starting James Robinson because, as Tyler said, opportunity is king. Uh, chase volume, not touch or chase volume, not touchdowns. It's in my Twitter bio. Go check it out. Um, tight end, Tyler Eifert, and maybe in really, really deep leagues, but I'm not confident about it. I don't want to touch any other Jacksonville pieces on the Cincinnati side. Tyler touched on him. You're starting Joe Burrow. You're starting because he throws the ball a ton. You're starting Tyler Boyd. You're starting AJ Green. I'm not as confident in T. Higgins in deeper formats. If you want to take Tyler's advice, that's fine. I'm not going to recommend it. I think T. Higgins is good. I like T. Higgins. I want that to be clear. I thought that he is a great fit here in Cincinnati. He gives Joe Burrow that bailout guy for when AJ Green leaves next year. I love T. Higgins with the fit with Joe Burrow. I'm just not ready to start him. Kind of similar how Justin Jefferson. Both had good weeks last week. I'm not ready to recommend either one of them to you this week. Uh, if you're starting Joe Mixon, man, Joe Mixon has fallen hard. On um, He's fallen. I, you're starting him because... It's not his fault. I know. It's, he's played like top 11 or better defenses in all three weeks. I know it's not his fault. I love Joe Mixon. You're starting And Zach Taylor can't get out of his way. Like, it's, it's the worst. It literally is just the worst mixture of things that are affecting Joe Mixon right now. You're still starting him. I think it's coming. Obviously. It is yes. coming, guys. Just just hang on. Go. You know what? And I'm going to give you this. If you're a little thin at running back and you got a little bit of depth somewhere else, go put out a feeler towards the guy that has Joe Mixon in your league. Just see if he's low on him. If he's low on him, send an offer, get a running back that in a couple weeks he's going to be a starter and he's going to give you at least RB2 value every single week. I'm comfortable with him moving forward. Just give him just give him some time, he'll get there. Moving on, we got Dolphins, Seahawks. This is gonna be fireworks out the wazoo. This is the first game on that on that afternoon slate. We got Dolphins hosting Seattle. 53 and a half point over under Seattle on the road favored by six and a half points. That means that if this was a home game, Seattle would be favored by nine and a half. What do you think about this six and a half points here? Give me it. I'm taking the Seahawks at it. I think it's going to be a shootout. I think the Dolphins are going to play admirably, but in the long run, I just think that this Seahawks offense is far better. I think defense is better than what the Dolphins are putting on the field, and we've seen what the Seahawks can do to far better teams, i.e. the Patriots and the Rams. Uh, well, they haven't played the Rams yet, but they played the Patriots and the Cowboys. Those are the two I'm thinking of. Uh, so 
we've seen what they can do to much better teams. It's going to be a barn burner. There's going to be a lot of points here. Playing Fitzpatrick, if I have him in one quarterback formats, I think, because there's a couple guys in the back end of that one quarterback uh, set of rankings, I guess we'll call it, that that I'm looking at who I would love the upside of Ryan, Fitz, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and he's a smash play in Superflex. Uh, wide receivers, plus Preston Williams and uh, Devontae Parker. Playing them, Mike Asicki, I'm playing him. I'm playing everybody. Miles Gaskin season? It, it, you play Miles Gaskin this Let's week. Go. Uh, you're just hoping he gets a touchdown. <laughs> yeah. Because he's not, he's not going to put up a ton of yards. Like, that's that's the truth of it. He's going to get about three yards a carry. You're just hoping, But you're chasing the opportunity, like we just saw with James Robinson. He's going he's gonna to get the carries because Jordan Howard only touches the ball inside the five. And Matt Breida, I have no idea what the hell is going on with him. So it's Miles Gaskin season in, in Miami, and you're just hoping he falls into the end zone for a touchdown. On the Miami side, uh, by the way, so you, you said you don't know what's going on with Matt Breida. He's not that good, and he was in a perfect system in San Francisco. San Francisco makes every running back look good. That's how Jeff Wilson is good. That's how the, That's how Raheem Mostert and – all these other guys, Tevin Coleman, and all these guys just keep producing in San Francisco. Matt Breida was just producing because he was in a perfect system, and Miami is not a perfect system. I agree with everybody you said on Miami. I don't have anything to say there. On the other side of the ball, you start Russ. If Chris Carson plays, you're playing him. If he doesn't play Carlos Hyde, you're welcome. You're starting Greg Olson this week. I've been down on Greg Olson. This is the time. You're starting Tyler Lockett. You're starting... DK Metcalf, I'm not giving you any hard-hitting analysis yet. I know, just give me a minute. David Moore, start him. I recommended him last week. He kind of bit me. That's okay. I'm going back to the well. I think David Moore has got a chance for a big week. I don't. Byron Jones is still dealing with an injury. Noah Igbenogany is young. So is Xavier Howard, yeah, too. Yeah, Xavier Howard, also dealing with an injury. Good point. I may or may not have mentioned him in an article I wrote this week. You're starting all three of those top wideouts. And you're starting the kickers. Don't start the defenses. I'm taking the over. I also am taking <laughs> Seattle to cover. Um, but, yeah, I'm pretty sure I had both kickers in my top 12 this week. I had I had Jason Myers a little lower because Seattle has yet to kick a field goal when they get into the red zone. That's just a testament to Russell Wilson. They are flawless in the red zone. And for a guy that ranks kickers, it is the most frustrating thing because you're like, yeah, Jason Myers on a team that scores a bunch of points. Nope. Mason Crosby continues to be the guy because Green Bay can't get it done in the red zone. On to the next one. We got the Rams hosting the Giants. Gross. It is gross. Because the Giants are actually surprisingly good against the pass, which is what you'd be playing Jared Goff for. Uh, Daryl Henderson's a smash play this week, though. I'm loving Daryl Henderson this week. It's final Daryl Henderson. Okay, hold on. It's Daryl Henderson season. I think that's what I saw on Twitter. (laughs) And uh, I love it. So it's finally time. Uh, you've paid your dues if you're holding on to Daryl Henderson in Dynasty. It is finally time to, to let him go and let him be in your starting lineup with confidence. And so he's playing this week because you're not worried about Cam Akers coming back, even if he's healthy at this mo- at this point in time. And you're not worried about Malcolm Brown because Malcolm Brown is a stopgap running back. So I am looking at Daryl Henderson. I'm looking at Robert Woods. I'm looking at Cooper Cup. I'm looking at Tyler Higby. And I'm not starting Jared Goff, which sounds weird because it's named off a bunch of offensive pieces, but... I'm, that's in a one-quarterback format. It's super flex. You're smashing Jared Goff this week. But one-quarterback format, I'm not playing Jared Goff. I think I have better options. Uh, like, I'd rather play Baker Mayfield over Jared Goff this week, I think. And so I'm looking at the Giants side. I ain't touching nobody but Darius Slayton. I was going to say, I was like, he's going to say Darius Slayton. Darius Slayton's going to be the guy. Okay, so you said you wouldn't start Jared Goff in one-quarterback formats. Who would you play, Jared Goff or Garter Minshew? Well, you're okay, okay. in a single quarterback. I'm, I'm playing. Go- I'm playing golf there. But if the the chances are, if you're playing, if Gardner Ministry was one of your top quarterback picks, so maybe you're playing golf because you waited on quarterback. You did the smart thing. You didn't draft a quarterback early, and you drafted Jared Goff to be your quarterback one. I know that there are a ton of people who did that. So unless you have a guy who emerged like a Joe Burrow, or. Uh, who else? It's a like 14 a Tom Brady team league. I had no choice. Jared Goff was my top option after everybody ran on quarterbacks. That's fine. And so obviously there's the, there's those different types of scenarios. I, I think that Jared Goff is going to be a top 20 quarterback play this week. I don't think he's a top 10 quarterback play this week. So do with that information what you will. I just I just don't love him this week. So I'm going. I'm looking elsewhere if I can, but I do like the various pieces to be productive. I have one quick question. Okay, so you said that the Giants are good against the pass. I, w- I want it, and I wanted to go look up something. 
The Giants are ranked third to last in time of possession right now at 24 minutes and 41 seconds. That's that's their average time of possession in a game. So in an average game, the opponent holds the ball for two-thirds of the game, roughly. Do you think that that's why they're good against the pass is that just teams are like, oh, well, we're up big. We're just going to run the ball? That's fair, and it's it's a very good point and a very good case of— I still agree with Daryl Henderson it's, playing, yes. Uh, sorry, it's Daryl Henderson's season. Oh, so, my bad. <laughs> uh, but that's a, that's a good point, and it's a good uh, example of, of stats being deceptive. So maybe the Giants suck against the pass. They shouldn't be good. All they have in that secondary is Jabril Peppers. Hey, but they haven't given Bradbury, up a ton of points guy. to the quarterback position. Come on, man. Who? He's Bradbury. He's good. Oh, okay, right. So, moving on. They haven't given up a ton of points to the quarterback position. That could be because they're bad. They're they're good against the pass. They have a better pass rush than I think I expected them to have. And so, couple that with uh, what what they'll be doing, trying to do against Jared Goff. The Giants are approaching uh, no, you know, lose lose scenarios basically. And when you put up a team, when you put teams up against the wall like that, they start doing things that are crazy and, un- and unexpected. And so the Giants are really approaching that category right now uh, with the departure of Saquon Barkley via ACL injury and Daniel Jones just being not very good, and then a bunch of other things that have just been happening to this Giants offense. Other than they're just not very good. There's a lot of things that would suggest that Jared Goff is not really the best play this week. I, I don't have Jared Goff. I don't. I have him. I think maybe tenth or eleventh. So he's you know the back end of that like top twelve for me. By the way, so James Bradbury ranked third for PFF. I don't put a ton of stock in PFF for cornerback ranking because Xavier Rhodes is number one, and we all know Xavier Rhodes is not that good. He's coasting off of a pick six and another pick last week, which really boosted his grade. But James Bradbury is third overall for their cornerback grades. Can you name the number two corner without looking at their depth chart? DeAndre Baker was their number two corner. Yeah, that doesn't count, though, because he's not there anymore. Um, he's not in the NFL. Uh, man, I used to be able to name it because I, when I was looking through their stuff in the offseason, but I can't name it anymore. Uh, wait, no. It's not Julian Love, right? Mm, technically, he's not really a corner. Yeah, I was like, he's a safety. He's like a safety nickel defender. Yeah, no, I, Isaac, yeah, no, no, I didn't have that one. I knew Darnay Holmes was yeah. on the team, but I did not think that he was the number two, and I was correct. But no, so I agree that this Giants defense is good. I think that – I don't think the Rams cover. I think that 12.5 is a really, really big number. And 48 – That's a huge number. But 40, and I also think the game finishes under. I think that just the – I think the Rams just suffocate <laughs> a really low-scoring game. Um, so we're going to take the Rams. I, I'm not taking the Rams to cover here. I don't know what you're doing on this one, but that's my... No, probably not. 12 and a half is a large... 12 and a half is a large deficit, unless they're the Ravens. I'm probably not taking them at 12 and a half. Or the Chiefs or the Packers uh, versus certain teams or whatever. So, On to the next one. We got the Raiders. The Raiders hosting the Bills. 52 and a half point over-under. Buffalo's favored by three. Give me Buffalo to cover that all day long. This Buffalo team is good. They're good on offense. Their defense has underperformed through the first few weeks, but their team's still good. You're starting Josh Allen. You're starting Devin Singletary. I don't care that Zach Boss is back. It's Singletary season, baby. You're starting uh, You're starting Stephon Diggs. You're starting John Brown if he plays. If John Brown doesn't play, are you comfortable playing either of Cole Beasley or Gabe Davis, who had a great week last week? Uh, Beasley, PPR formats, Davis, standard formats, if I absolutely need somebody. Fair enough. Cool. Over to the other side of things for the Raiders. You're not starting Derek Carr. Unless, are you going to play him in Superflex? Probably not, I, but I might not have a choice. I, I was I was just curious. Because, yeah, that was your third quarterback after Ben was your, your second quarterback. You hate to see it. Yeah. No, I agree. And I'd rather play him over guys like... Brian Rippon, who is playing tonight on a Thursday, or Oops. maybe even Sam Darnold, Daniel or Jones, Jeff, uh, not Jeff Driscoll. <laughs> yeah, Nick Mullins. Oh, so gross. there's those guys You're starting there, Josh Jacobs. But... You're starting Darren Waller. I love Darren Waller in this matchup. Uh, Buffalo is, I believe, second or third worst team so far this season against the tight end position from a fantasy perspective. Uh, they have a really good safety tandem, and their linebackers are really good. Like Tremaine Edmonds is probably a top six or seven linebacker in football, especially with just his combination of size, speed, athleticism. But 
but he's not a cover guy. So the like, tight ends just he, do really well against him. I like Waller. Are you starting any of the receivers? Because obviously Henry Ruggs is out. Brian Edwards is out. So you got Nelson Aguilar. Hunter Renfro in PPR, man. Because I guess Renfro is probably the only one. Like, I love Brian Edwards, but he's going to draw Tredavious White. Like I'm, I thought Edwards is out. Oh, is he out? I thought he Never was, mind. like, out so for a Ryan. few weeks. Oh, okay. Well, then just disregard everything I just said about Brian Edwards. But it's uh, probably Hunter Renfro. That's it. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, but only in PPR. I'm not playing him in – yeah, so Brian Edwards has not participated in either day of practice this week. But, yeah, I'm not playing red front standard. I want that to be clear. What do you do with the over-under? 52 and a half is a weird, weird line for these two teams. Are you taking the over here? I think it goes over. I think it could be a weird kind of a shootout game where we get something like 40 to 33 or something like that. Like, it could be a weird game like that. It could. All right. Cue them up next. Who's Who we got next here, Tyler? Chiefs-Patriots. This is an interesting game to talk about. What are you doing with Cam Newton? Who's the lead runner in that Patriots backfield? What are you doing at wide receiver? They don't have a tight end that you want to play. The, it's probably Cam Newton, maybe Sony Michelle, maybe Rex Burkhead, and definitely Julian Edelman, maybe and Kill Harry. Are you doing anything with James White? The guy has been not... Is he back this week? Oh, he he did not practice... Oh, wait, that's the week three injury report. Let me see the week four injury report. Uh, because, yeah, he didn't practice, obviously, last week, didn't play last week. He might not be. He might not be back. If he's not back, I'm comfortable playing uh, Rex Burkhead in that scenario. Um, what about J.J. Taylor? I love J.J. Taylor, man. I have, I have, I think I drafted him in every single rookie draft, and if I didn't draft him, I picked him up as a free agent and dropped somebody else. See, so... White is not on the injury report as things stand now, so it looks like he is projected to play. Okay, then yeah, it's James White is the only running back I'm playing. Oh, if that's the case. Fair enough. Uh, Julian Edelman, limited participant in practice. I'm still I'm still playing him. Uh, I'm starting Cam Newton uh, unless I got a better option. Though Cam Newton's the rare scenario of a quarterback that's playing like a top ten option, but you might have a better option because he was probably your backup. So maybe you drafted Mahomes really early, and then you waited to get a backup, and you got Cam Newton really late in drafts. So that could be a scenario that you that you actually have this week. There were some flashes last week where he really looked like 2018 Cam Newton, uh, and it was not a pleasure to see. He was making some really bad calls on, on throws, uh, and so I want to see him clean that up again before I can trust him again because if he starts doing that against a better defense in the Chiefs than against the Raiders, uh, it's going to really start to bite him in the butt and, and it's going to hurt this entire Patriots offense. So I want to see him get back to what he was doing in weeks one and two, uh, make sure that it wasn't some kind of uh, outlier. Yeah, yeah. And, and so until he does that, I'm not sure I can trust him as a top option. On the other side, I'm, you're starting Mahomes, you're starting CEH, you're starting Tyreek, you're starting Travis Kelsey. Nope. That's Nobody it. else. Nobody else. What are you doing with the over-under and the, the line here? KC's favored by seven. It's kind of a hefty line, considering... I like I like Kansas City to cover, but I think it's under. You think you're taking the under? Okay, so you're taking kind of a defensive struggle, almost. Mm-hmm. In terms of, like, games that Kansas City's involved in. I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I think we're looking at something like 30 to 20, something like gotcha. that. So. The Sunday night game, we got the 49ers oh playing host to the winless Philadelphia Eagles. 46-point over-under. San Francisco favored by seven. San Francisco is missing just about every starter they have. Philly is also missing just about every starter they have. Carson Wentz just looks unsure of himself. Awful. He doesn't trust anything he's seeing. What, what are you doing here? This game is gross. I don't like it. Like if Raheem, uh, I'm not touching anybody George on the Eagles offense, but back. it was an, oh yes, yes it, it was is. announced in the last like hour or so he is playing this week. He is ready to go. So you're starting George Kittle. You're all happy about that. But what are you I'm, doing I'm with the rest of the game? Stoked playing George Kittle, <laughs> but I'm not touching anybody on the Eagles offense. But Ertz and Miles Sanders. That is literally it. Carson Wentz does not deserve to be played in any format this week. None whatsoever. I do not care. So. You, he's just been bad, and if you're not paying attention to the signs right now, then you're going to play him in your starting lineup, and you're going to get burned. And you're going to deserve to be burned because you're not paying attention, and this is how you lose fantasy football. 
So, Man. coming out swinging. On the other side of the ball, on the other side of the ball, I actually like the Niners to cover this game. I uh, like Jeff Wilson, who you told me last week wasn't going to do anything. Next thing you know, he comes out and he puts up 20 points or whatever it was. So, I'm playing Jeff Wilson in this game because I think he's going to snake goal line touches again. Um, unless Raheem Mostert is back. If Raheem, if Raheem Mostert is confirmed to be back, I have not seen him confirmed to be back yet. If he's confirmed to be back, it's only Raheem Mostert, and that's it. Uh, McKinnon in deeper deeper formats at that point for PPR. Other than that, I'm not touching um, I'm not touching the wide receivers. Maybe Brandon Ayuk, if you really need somebody. He seems to actually have a, a stronghold in that number one wide receiver spot. Debo Samuel returned to practice this week, but I don't think he's playing this weekend. And uh, George Kittle, and that's it. I'm not playing Jimmy Grapple either. Uh, Jimmy Grapple, if he plays, uh, or Nick Mullins. It doesn't really matter. I'm not playing either one. Okay, so... I will admit that I may have missed on Jeff Wilson last week. But I also want to factor in the guy had two touchdowns. So, like, yeah, I missed. Which is all he does. That's what he did last year. He, that was his value. He had 12 carries He's a goal 15 line guy. yards and a touchdown. Oh, I'm not saying Jeff Wilson's good. All right, but we're talking about fantasy football. Here. <sighs> he has the opportunities to score touchdowns. That's how they use him. That's how they used him last year when, this, when, this, when these types of situations happened to them at the running back spot. They use McKinnon in outside of the 20s. Inside the 20, it's all Jeff Wilson, and that's where the value truly lies. Oh. He could have 10 carries for four yards, but if he gets two touchdowns, it's still it's still a top top 24 play. Also, you asked if uh, McKinnon or Moser had been confirmed back. He did not practice yesterday. Did not practice today either. So, tr- so it's uh, looking hazy. They haven't really they haven't confirmed it yet. So pay attention to that. I agree with the McKinnon play. Uh, I love McKinnon again. Uh, he kind of let me down a little bit last week, but he still had a decent week. Uh, I will agree that you should play Wilson in deeper leagues. I'm not really comfortable with him in 12, just because that's just where I have him. I have him at, like 14 teams or deeper. I'm comfortable with him. Obviously, you're starting Kittle. I I'm comfortable starting Brandon Ayuk in 12 team leagues. I am. I think that they want to get him involved in the running game. They want to get him involved in the receiving game. He led the team in targets. He had five catches for 70 yards last week. Also, so on his run, a random thing I heard today. So Next Gen Stats said, so his run was from like 19 yards out. From when he, from the time he got the ball, he was a 98% chance that he was going to score because like they, like based on where everybody was on the field, that was the only one they've ever had over 70% from 15 plus yards out, like ever in the history of their like stat tracking That's thing. Nice. So he was he was so clear to score. So I think I'm comfortable with Ayuk there. I'm not comfortable with Kendrick Bourne now that Kittle's back. I think the Kittle's just going to dominate the targets there. On to the Philly side of things, I agree with you. Ertz, Sanders, don't touch anybody else. We don't need to talk about that anymore. That game's gross. We're going to watch it just because it's on NBC, which still puts on the best bit of football. Moving over. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. It's the game everybody's been waiting for. <laughs> we got Green Bay playing host to the Falcons. 56.5 point over under. Green Bay favored by seven points. Give me both. <laughs> yeah, I'm taking Green Bay. I'm taking the over. Green Bay's going to let up points because what does Atlanta do? They put up explosive plays. Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, who is trending towards playing right now. Russell Gage still dealing with his concussion. Might not be active this week. That's okay. If Julio's back, you're not even going to think about it. You're starting Julio. You're starting Calvin Ridley. Uh, you're starting – I'm starting Todd Gurley this week. Uh, Green Bay's run defense still has some room to room to go. Uh, Christian Kirksey out. Kenny Clark, I believe, is going to play this week. But thought he was going to play last week too. Yeah, but I think he's but I think he's trending towards playing now. Um, that's the Atlanta. Devontae Adams is trending towards playing as well. You'll start Matt Ryan. Uh, I think I'm comfortable starting Matt Ryan in uh, single quarterback leagues, uh, especially definitely in superflex. Moving over to the Green Bay side of things, you're starting Rodgers. You're starting Aaron Jones. You're starting. Devontae Adams, if he plays, unfortunately, rip Alien Lizard. You're not start. You can't start him. But as a result, you get to lock in MBS with some confidence this week. Sure do. Which tight end are you playing? Is it Jay season yet, or are we still rocking Big Bob? It's Tanya. It's Tanya. Oh. It's Tanya and Hurst. I think Hurst is actually a decent play this week as well. There is just going to be so many points in this game. This Falcons offense is. I don't want to say it's tailor made to beat this Packers defense. But the, a lot of the pieces that the Falcons offense is going to be putting on the field is exactly what has been hurting the Packers so far. It's, it's very easy to see why this game has been talked about as a trap game. 
The Falcons match up very well with the Packers on offense. Uh, and on defense, they can probably do just enough if they're playing pissed off enough to, to keep the game close enough. I think it's going to be a shootout. So whatever defense makes the play that, that they need, so far the Packers have been able to do that. But if they, can do, if they can't do it uh, at, at home on a Monday night against the Falcons, who always play them well, uh, then, then I can very easily see the Falcons winning this game. But I think the Packers, by all, according to the process, the Packers are the better team. Uh, they're they're going to win this game. Uh, they should win this game easily, barring a mental meltdown. Uh, Matt LaFleur has this offense clicking on all cylinders, historically good cylinders. There are several statistics and, and metrics out there that suggest this Packers offense is one of the best of the decade. Uh, well, that, doesn't really mean, that doesn't really mean much because we're in the first year of the decade, but if we go back to the 2010s, it's one of the best of, the, of that decade as well. So I just I'm just gushing over this matchup. There's so many pieces I want. On both sides of the ball, I, I'm even contemplating playing Jamal Williams in the flex in some formats because I, I just think that he could snake a touchdown here and there. So you're, you're looking at Tanyan, uh, Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams in deep formats, and then MVS, Adams, Rodgers, obviously, and Ryan, obviously, Calvin Ridley, Julio, Russell Gage, if he can come back from the concussion, and then Todd Gurley, Hayden Hurst, so many names that you can play this week. What do you think? Oh, wait, no, I was going to say, do you think that uh, EQ can come back? But I don't think he can come back until. He hasn't been activated, has no, he? he? Well, I mean, he was only put on the inj- on injured reserve on the 20th. So he's only been there for just under uh, two, just weeks. Under two weeks. Okay. So he can't come back until, what would that be, next week or the week after? It's minimum of three, so it has to be the week after. Man, it's rough. Darius Shepard's season, need him. man. <laughs> Or Malik Taylor. But it could be Malik Taylor week, but I think this is the tight Reggie end. Reggie Begleton. I think the tight ends have a big week. I think Jawan Winfrey. <laughs> These are the names that will likely have a chance to be activated as a wide receiver for Green Bay. I think Bob has a good week. Uh, I think Jace could have a good week. I mean, man, we've been talking him up the last couple of weeks here on the pod, and he he had a good week last week. He's he's right there, man. Just, just He had a good week in terms of football. He did not have a good week in terms of football. I agree, I agree with that. That's more what I meant. I, I wasn't talking from a fantasy yeah. perspective. I was just talking pure football. He had a good football week, and that's what we've been, That's one thing we've been looking for because you can be good at fantasy, bad at football, good at fat, football, bad at fantasy. We get that. But Jace had been bad at both. We needed him to be good at one, and he was finally good at football. That's a path mm. to being good at fantasy. Rodgers showed, hey, you dropped a couple balls. Guess what? I'm going to come back to you. I'm going to give you the ball. He gave him multiple yeah. targets last week. Big dog Mercedes Lewis got one. Yeah, I don't think it was a push-off. I think it was pretty clean. But I agree. But So so I actually think Mercedes uh, – not Mercedes Lewis. Uh, I think MVS is a really good play this yep. week if, if Devontae Adams plays. So MVS, I was touting him up all week last week. I thought maybe he could be the number one threat of that Packers offense outside of Aaron Jones. I did not expect the Saints to bracket cover him. They they double covered him for a majority of the game. I think that says everything you need to know about MVS, honestly, because the the threat is real. Opposing defenses are noticing it, and with a guy like Devontae Adams in the lineup, they're not going to be able to do that. Yeah. So I love MVS that Devontae Adams is returning this week. Uh, MVS could be in line for a big, big week. Yeah, I have confidence in MVS as well. Devontae Adams, limited participant on Thursday. Obviously, with this being the Monday night game, it's a little weird. You're, I, I, I hate Monday night games for guys that are dealing with soft tissue injuries. Uh, so pay, pay big attention Friday and Saturday. Saturday is going to be the key day. As long as he practices Saturday, I'm comfortable playing him on Monday. If he misses practice at all, then either today, which is now Friday, or Saturday, I'm fading it. But I think that he's trending towards playing. I think that this team is going to be back to full strength in terms of Adams will be back, Clark will be back. You'll have starters at your offensive line positions. I think that this Green Bay offense is really going to hum. Uh, They have a great matchup this week against a Falcons team that just can't get out of their own damn way. Like, they... Seriously, Atlanta can't get out of their own way, and it's kind of sad, but for a Green Bay team that is humming right now, I can't wait to watch it. This will be a fun Monday night matchup. Neither can I, and we can't wait to jump on the mic on Sunday morning uh, because that's when we get to take all of your questions live. Uh, the turnout has been really good. The chat has been live. Um, it's been a really good time. So if you, if you have not yet checked that out, 
please go to the Game on Wisconsin Twitter uh, and check it out because that's where the link will be posted. We'll be on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter uh, via Periscope. So please check it out. Come come with your questions because uh, it's been a good time uh, and there's been a, a number of a number of great takes and a lot of good information coming out of that show. So please come join the Game on Wisconsin family and check us out on Sunday, Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Central. And so with that, we will begin to transition out today. Um, please check out the Jamal Williams GoFundMe page. Uh, it's a great drive going on right now so that Jamal Williams at the end of the season can provide um, needy children with just toys and everything else that they need to kind of get through their hard times. So children down on their luck. Jamal Williams is working to... Uh, supplied them basically with toys and supplies and everything else they might need. So please, it's a great cause. Go check it out. It's, on, it's been all over the Game on Wisconsin uh, crew's Twitter pages. So please go check it out. And you can enter yourself in the raffle. You can win, I think it was two years of uh, two years of Johnsonville Brats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, yep. So, you know, who doesn't want two years of meat? You know, so go, go, go lock that in and uh, supply your dinner for the next two years. So <laughs> I see you laughing. But <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm immature. I'm sorry. I apologize. All right. We are professionals here on this podcast. So uh, anyway, <laughs> please, uh, please tune in next week as we will actually begin uh, supplying two podcasts a week where we review the week from before. And then on Fridays, as usual, we preview the week ahead. So be sure to tune in next Tuesday. That's when, that's when we'll be back. So you now get us fr- Tuesday, Friday, and Sunday. That's three days a week that we are at your disposal for fantasy questions. So please make sure you're checking us out. Uh, like, rate, subscribe on any podcast platform that you listen to. Let, let us know how we're doing. Leave feedback. Uh, leave comments. And uh, you know maybe throw us a five-star rating here and there because uh, that's how we're going to get found by others so we can help others. So let us know how we're doing and let others find us. Uh, go onto those platforms and rate, listen, uh, rate like, and subscribe. Uh, until next time, though, uh, we're going to let you go for now. We'll see you on Sunday. But until next time, go back up.